Good morning, friends. I want to say welcome to Vernonia Church and our online teaching time. I'm so glad that you've joined us today. My name is Sam. I'm the pastor here at Vernonia Church, and it's my privilege to share with you today as we are continuing this teaching series talking about Jesus, my provider. I'm going to share a teaching in just a moment where we're going to talk about how we were made to trust him for today. And it's going to be a great day. I want to pray with you and then we'll just dive right into our teaching together. Father in heaven, we come before you and God, we are so glad that we can know you as our provider. We're so glad that you promise that if we seek you first and your kingdom first, that you will provide, that you will take care of all that we need. And so, God, I just pray you'll help us to trust you. And God, I pray that you will help us to live in the moment, to live for today and today to turn to you and say, God, we want to know you as our provider. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Everybody said together, amen. Well, I want to say uh, I'm just excited to dive in to this teaching today. We're going to talk about uh, we were made to trust him for today. We were made to turn to Jesus and to say, Jesus, will you provide for me today? Knowing Jesus as our provider, it's a, it's a day-by-day thing. Jesus told us to pray when he taught us in Matthew chapter 6. He taught us to pray this, give us today our daily bread. Do you notice that that's a one day at a time type prayer? Give us today our daily bread. It's a one day at a time experience. You know, one day at a time, it's a familiar phrase. It's a phrase that comes out of recovery. It's often used in Alcoholics Anonymous and AA groups as they talk about the idea that recovering from an addiction will take one day at a time. It takes forgetting yesterday's mistakes and moving on. It takes not worrying about, will I be able to do this for a week, for a month, for a year? for years to come? Will I fail? Will I succeed? No, it's a one day at a time thing. Every day for 24 hours, you focus on that day, recovering from the addiction on that day and making it through that day. And as you do that day by day, each day theoretically gets easier because you've been going day by day and you've not been worrying about the past or worrying about the future. You've just been living in the moment uh, and, and, and getting through that day. Well, I want to propose this morning that a lot of us are addicts. We're addicted to stress, anxieties, our fears, our worries. And I want to say, hey, let's Let's borrow a concept, a biblical idea that Jesus taught, and let's borrow a concept from the recovery world and say, how do we recover from our fears, our worries, our addictions, and how do we know Jesus, our provider, every day? Well, that's what I want to do this morning. I want to talk about four things we can do every day that will help us know Jesus is our provider. Because he wants us to live every day saying, God, 
provide today my daily needs. God today provide today my daily bread. So let's dive in. If if you're in a place where you can write some things down, I really want to encourage you, write some stuff down today. Because even if it's just these four big ideas, these, these four big things you can do every day, write each one of these down and start today practicing, knowing Jesus as your provider, because you were made to live every day in the day you're in and to know him as your provider today. So the first thing that we do every day when we wake up and as we go throughout our day is we invite, we ask Jesus to lead me. I, I say, Jesus, lead me. Jesus, be my shepherd. Jesus, do the things that a, a shepherd does in my day today. Now, a few weeks ago, or a couple weeks ago, we talked about Jesus as our 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 shepherd, our provider, how he does what a shepherd does. And we talked about this idea that shepherds will feed their sheep, they'll lead their sheep, and they will meet the needs of their sheep. And we borrowed a thought from uh, fr- from another pastor for that idea. And, and when we say, Jesus, lead me today, we're inviting him to be our provider who feeds and leads and, and meets my needs needs every day. We come to him and we say, Jesus, forgive the wrongdoings of my past. We'll we'll put yesterday away. And and Jesus, we're going to give you our worries and our cares and concerns about our needs for the future to you. And and we're going to give you our worries, our cares, and our concerns for, for today to you. God, will you lead me? Every morning we say like King David, the Lord is my shepherd. Every morning when, uh, when, when we, be, we begin the day, we pray, God, will you lead me? And then all throughout the day, we'll continue to say, you, Jesus, you're my good shepherd who's good to me, who takes care of me, who meets my needs. And as we face the stressful things of the day, as we deal with our kids, uh, we say, Jesus, you're my shepherd uh, and meet my need. Help me here. And as we deal with uh, other people in our life, we say, Jesus, you're my shepherd. Maybe as you go to the parent-teacher conference and you're not sure what to expect, you walk into the room saying, Jesus, you are my good shepherd. You are my provider. And then as you walk into that business meeting, you walk into the meeting, you know it might be a tough meeting. You walk through the door saying in your heart, Jesus, you're my provider. You're my good shepherd. In John chapter 10, verse 14 to 15, Jesus teaches us saying, I am the good shepherd. Now, one of the things about all the I am statements that Jesus makes is the way he made it, you could almost read it as I am God, the good shepherd. I know my sheep and my sheep know me. I know you, Jesus says, and you know, you know me. And just as the Father knows me and I know the Father and I lay down my life for the sheep. In Psalm 28, 9, there's a prayer. 
and the prayer is a prayer to God, and and the prayer, the psalmist cries out saying, save your people, bless your people, your special possession, lead them like a shepherd, and carry them in your arms forever. And we we say the same thing every day. We say, God, uh, I need you to save me today. God, I need you to bless me today. I need you to carry me in your arms today. When my kids were little, I used to carry them all the time. I'd go for walks up in the timber and through the woods and down logging roads, and I'd take them with me. And there were a lot of times where their little legs would get tired, and they'd say, Daddy, will you carry me? And often I'd pick them up, and I'd throw them on my shoulders. I think every one of my kids, when they were young enough, I, I used to throw them on my shoulders all the time. And, and they'd put their hands on my forehead and hold on. Sometimes the hands would slip down to the eyes and I'd have to tell them to put your hands up higher because I can't see where I'm going or or they'd uh, I'd hold them like a backpack and they'd put their arms around my neck sometimes I'd have to remind them to stop squeezing so tight because they're starting to choke me but I used to carry my kids around all the time and and I thought it was fun you know to carry them on my shoulders and on my back and they'd say daddy carry me and you know God is saying to us listen I want to carry you I want to be your provider I, I want to be there for you. And he's our heavenly father. And, and, he, and he says to us, listen, I care for you. I love you. One man said that he's like a father who carries a picture of you in his wallet. Well, if you said that in today's world, you'd have to say he has a picture of you on his, on his phone. <laughs> but God has, a, has a, a love for you and a care for you. And he's your heavenly father. And he says, I want to carry you. And every day, when we say, Jesus, lead me, every day when we say, Jesus, you're my shepherd, every day we're basically saying, God, carry me through today. Every time you're up against something that you feel stressed or worried or have anxiety about, you can turn to your father and you can say, God, will you carry me? Carry me through this. God, will you carry me? Carry me today as I, as I have these worries. And God, as you carry me, will you carry those worries? And he will. And so every day we hear God say to us, I care for you. I I will bless you, I will guide you, I will discipline you, I will defend you, and I will carry you. And every day, we just say, Jesus, lead me. And number two is this. Number two, every day, we give Jesus priority in everything. I give him access. I give him priority. I, I, give, him, I give him lordship over every room in my house. I, I give him first place in my life. I give him first place in everything in my life. And, and I guess the question is, is, every day we need to ask ourselves, am I really giving Jesus priority in every room in the house of my life? Am I giving him priority in in the whole house, in the living room, in the dining room, in the basement, in the 
attic, in the closets? Am I giving him priority everywhere? Now, when I was younger, I didn't have a whole house to myself, but I had my room, my bedroom. And every once in a while, my parents would come into that bedroom and they would say, this place is filthy. You need to clean your room. And I did what every kid does. I hummed and hawed and and whined and moaned because I had to clean my room. Well, I'd get to clean in my room. I'd pick up all the junk. I'd pick up all the stuff on the floors. I'd pick up all the laundry that's been laying around. And and I had this strategy, and it worked a couple of times, but then my parents caught on. Maybe you had a similar strategy when you were younger. What I did is I just opened the closet, and I just piled everything into the closet. I pushed it all in and jammed it all in. And sometimes I had to like football, uh, like, like a football hit to push it all in. And, and I'd get the door kind of closed. I had to push the door closed till it latched and stayed closed. And then I'd yell downstairs, all right, my room is clean. And my parents would come up and they'd look in the room They'd see that it sure was. It was cleaned. Everything was picked up and everything was in its place. And I was just hoping, hope they don't look in the closet. Well, eventually they looked in the closet and that latch came undone and all the stuff came tumbling and falling out. And and mom and dad would say, uh, well, your room is clean. Now it's time to clean that closet too and put everything away. And have you ever found yourself at a time in your life or in a place in your life, maybe today, where you have given Jesus access to most of the rooms in your house, but you know what? There's that one that you're hoping the door will stay shut and he's not going to look into. There's that one that you're not giving him access to. We do that sometimes with guests too, don't we? We have a guest coming over. Maybe they haven't given us enough notice. And so you clean everything up real quick, throw it into one room and you might show the guest around, but that room's off limits. And sometimes I think we try to do that with God. We say, God, that room is off limits. You can have the house. You can have access to the house, priority in the house, but not here, not in this part of the house. Don't look in that room where I'm hiding my sin. Don't look in that room where uh, that, that room contains my sinful relationship. That, that room contains priorities that I have that are not yours. And, and so you don't have access to that room. That room contains a part of my life that is separate from my relationship with you, Jesus. But God says to us, listen, I know your strategy. I see what's in that room. I see what's in the closet. I know what's there. And I know that you need help with that room because that room is causing you anxiety, stress. That room is causing you worry. That room is hurting your your trust in me. And that room is part of the problem that you have. You need my help in that room. And if you give me priority in the whole house, and everything today, I will meet your needs. 
He says it this way in Matthew chapter 6. Here's where Jesus, continuing his Sermon on the Mount, talking about things that we worry and stress about. He says this, So don't worry about these things, saying, What will we eat? What will we drink? What will we wear? These things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers. Some, some versions will say these are the things that the world runs to or scurries to. But your heavenly Father already knows all your needs. Seek the kingdom of God above all else. Live righteously, and he will give you everything you need. You know, God knows us better than we know ourselves. He won't ever say to us, Oh, man, I can't believe that's in your house. Uh, that's a surprise. I didn't know that was there. Uh, oh my, I, I never saw that you had this need. God's never going to say some of those things. And sometimes God allows the needs in our lives to be there so that we can trust him, so we can turn to him, so that we can run to him and let him meet our needs. And what is it that you have a need for today? Maybe you need help with an addiction. Maybe you need help in an area of your life where you're carrying guilt and shame. And, and he wants to help you with that area of your life and, and give you what you need. Maybe you have an area of your life that just seems like it's falling apart. And, and he's saying, trust me, give it to me today. And I will meet your need. Maybe you need help with commitment or help with faithfulness. Maybe you need him to help carry a basic need in your life. And he says, if you give priority to the whole house to me, I will give you everything you need. You know, the last couple of weeks we talk about or we talked about uh, worry and fear. Last week we canceled in-person worship service because of the ice and the snow, and uh, for safety, and also because we had a lot of our people that that help make everything happen uh, say, "Well, I can't be there." So we just went ahead and canceled and did online only. And if you missed last week's message, you can go online to www.vernonia.church. Go there, cl uh, click on watch previous sermon. And you can come bring this series up. I want to encourage you, go back and listen to or watch the message where we talked about how we were made for faith, not fretting. There's a very important message there. I really want to encourage you to to hear it, to know it, because, because it can help you deal with a lot of the fears that are affecting you in your life. And we talked about worry. We talked about fear. And, 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 and here's the thing. If there's an area of our life where we are feeling constant worry or constant fear or, or we're, we're living in anxiety, a lot of times that can be an indicator that especially that thing we're anxious about is something we haven't given Jesus priority over in our life. And I guess the, I guess the thing that, that we might ask here is, what is it? What's the thing you worry about the most? What's the thing that you're afraid of? Could it be that it's because you haven't given Jesus priority in that area? Every area of life that we worry about is an indicator that God is maybe not the source of what's in that room of our life. Uh, have we given Jesus priority in every room? Have we given him leadership 
in every room. Have we really said, Jesus, I want you to, I want you to lead me, lead me today, even in this area. Maybe it's an area of your life labeled my job. Maybe it's an area of your life labeled my friends. Maybe it's an area of your life labeled my family or my my future or my priority, or my purity, my holiness. Maybe it's an area of life uh, that would be labeled my romantic or my sex life or my financial life or my thought life or my identity. What room is it? that that we need to say, okay, you can have priority over this room too. Every area of our lives are areas that God says, I want you to give them to me. I want you to trust me and I will give you everything you need, even when it comes to that room. How about money? You worry about money? You know who worries about money? Poor people. Poor people worry about money. They worry about not having enough money. They can worry about not getting money. They can worry about uh, not having anything to save up. And what they do save, they're worried about that. They're worried about protecting what they do have. Uh, Poor people, they can. They They can worry about money. You know who else worries about money? Rich people. Rich people worry about money. Uh, They worry about money. They worry about keeping their money. They worry about making money to keep up. They they worry about saving money. They they worry about spending money. And often uh, they worry about losing their money. Uh, And the point is this, that rich people and poor people can worry about money. No matter how much of it you have, you can worry about it when you haven't given it to God. There's an old story about a guy who got baptized in his church and when he got baptized he wanted to hold his wallet and when he was laid down into the water he made sure he held his wallet up high so it didn't get wet Uh, when he was asked about why he did that he told the pastor well i'm giving god my whole life except for this part of my life well that's not how it works jesus says you got to let Trust me with all of it. You got to give me all of your life and trust me with everything in your life and I will give you everything you need. He wants to baptize everything, including your wallet. And uh, so God doesn't want you to live in worry. He doesn't want you to live worrying about these other things because he says, I want to provide for it all. And, And when you give Jesus priority in everything, it really simplifies things and you have less to worry about. So every day, Every day we say, Jesus, lead me. And every day we say, Jesus, I give you priority in everything. And and here's another everyday thing. Every day we give Jesus my anxieties in prayer. When we find ourselves waking up with worries, when we find ourselves waking up with a little bit of anxiety, uh, we just pray, Jesus, I'm giving you this worry. Jesus, take these things I'm worried about. And as you pray, you you remember that he has blessed you in other ways, and you remember where he has already been good to you. And as you pray, you know that he will continue to take care of you. And one of the things, one of the one of the assignments of today's teachings I want to give you, and don't skip this, is this. I want you to just make a list. Every once in a while, I give you a make a list assignment. And today's make a list assignment is make a worry list. 
Just start thinking about the things you're worried about, the things that give you anxiety, the things that you're stressed about right now, and just write each one down uh, on a piece of paper. Just label it, my worry list, and write them down. Put them there. And, And what is it that's making you feel insecure, making you feel anxious, making you upset about? What is it you're worried about? Uh, maybe you're worried about rejection and there's someone that's rejected you and, and write that down. Uh, maybe you're worried about and, and you're getting uh, sick inside because you're insecure at work and you, you feel like you don't have security when it comes to your job. Write that down. Maybe you're, you're stressed because of your financial situation. Write that down. Maybe you're you're stressed because of something at work or something at your home and write that down. Maybe you're lonely. Write it down and put put down what it is you're worried about, stressed about, have anxiety about and and write them all down. And now you have your prayer list. Because you can just start reading what you've written and say, "Jesus, I'm giving you these worries." You've said that you will be my shepherd. You've said that if I seek you and give you priority in every area of my life, that you will give me what I need. You've said that you will provide my needs every day. And so, Jesus, today I need you to to meet my needs. And I'm giving you my worries, my cares, and my concerns. In 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 7, the Apostle Peter teaches us saying this, Give all your worries and cares to God, for He cares about you. Give them all to God. Write them down and just give them one by one to him. You know, we've talked before about write down your blessings. Now we're saying write down your worries and just pray through them. Jesus, I give this worry to you. And when you pray that prayer, remember, every time it comes back up, I gave this one to Jesus. I don't have to I don't have to swallow this one, and I don't have to let this one make me sick. Have you ever swallowed something that made you sick? Uh, maybe you got food poisoning, or maybe you ate something that just didn't settle right. When I was younger, I used to love hot foods. Uh, I would push the limits. I would eat lots of hot stuff. Now my my body tells me that uh, that's not the best idea anymore. I like a little spice on my food, a little Tabasco, you know, uh, uh, some hot peppers or or some ch- uh, chipotle. Uh, I, li- I-, I like hot, but I don't like extreme heat all the time. Every once in a while, though, I like to have fun. And one of the things my son and I have done is, is we've tried to push the limits. We, we've had these little contests. Uh, we'd buy hot chips or something hot, and we'd see who could, you know eat the most of it. We got ghost pepper chips one time and we tried to see who could eat more of those. And uh, and if you know anything about the Scoville, uh, I think I'm pronouncing that right, the Scoville uh, scale, that's how they measure the heat of spicy things. And just to give you some numbers, a bell pepper that's not spicy at all. It's like a zero. And uh, a pepperoncini that you might put on a sandwich, that's like a 100 to 500 Scoville units. Uh, uh, a jalapeno is about 25 
hundred to eight thousand Scoville units. Uh, Tabasco can go up to about fifty thousand, and an habanero would be about three hundred and fifty thousand. And this last week, my son and I we decided to take what they call the one chip challenge. My wife videotaped as we ate one chip that rated about 2.2 million Scoville units, and it was hot. Uh, we, We got these chips. They come in a, if you've never seen them, they come in a coffin, a cardboard coffin, and there's all kinds of warnings on there, and it's, it's a ghost, or it's a, it's a chip with uh, let's see, I can't remember what the name of the pepper was. Uh, Carolina Reaper and Scorpion uh, something or other peppers on it. And they were extreme. And so we bought two of them. Uh, my son sat next to me. I sat down. We opened them up and we had one chip. We got plastic, glo- or re- plastic gloves so that we could grab that chip without touching our hands. And we threw the chips in. We ate them down. <laughs> and boy, they were hot. It, the, the intense heat, even after you you swallowed it just built and built and built and for about 10 minutes my wife was heard laughing on the other side of the screen and my son and I are carrying on oh it hurts so bad and my tongue swelled up my mouth got hot and had just it was a hot experience you know and sweating snot dripping I felt like I was gonna start drooling if I didn't be careful it was hot and, I, and you know what? The rest of the day, oh man, it just turned my stomach. It was, it, it upset my stomach a little bit having uh, taken in that extreme heat. And the point I'm making, other than just talking about something goofy my son and I did, is this: that when we, when we swallow, when we take in our worries and our stress, and it, it affects us, and it. It makes us sick, spiritually, emotionally. It makes us sick. It's like it's like eating something that just doesn't sit right. And eventually, uh, as we b- carry all of our all of our worries and anxieties and upsets ourselves, eventually that affects the people around us. We blow up on someone. We lash out at friends or family. We we can only take in so much before it starts to really affect us in negative ways. And so Jesus says. Don't swallow it. Give it to me. Matthew 5, or sorry, Matthew 6, 32. uh, Jesus said, these things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers, but your heavenly Father already knows your needs. Just trust me and and give it to me. Give all your worries, all your fears, all your cares, and all these things uh, to me. The, The unbelievers of the world, they're just going around and and scurrying around and and they're swallowing it all and they're they're getting sick and they they run and scurry after these things but not you instead run to me trust in me and i will provide in philippians 4 6 to 7 the apostle paul writes don't worry about anything instead pray about everything tell god what you need And thank Him for all He's done. And then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and your minds as you live in Jesus Christ. A peace 
he says that the world uh, can't understand, a piece that we might not even understand. When you lose your job, you can be at peace because Jesus is your provider and you know that uh, he will provide something around the corner, maybe something better, maybe a new opportunity. When I lose my health, I can be at peace. I got bad news, but the good news is Jesus is my provider, and I can trust him to take care of me. Whenever something goes wrong, whenever life throws a curveball, whenever bad news comes your way, whenever hard times happen, you can be at peace if you know Jesus is your provider. The bad news comes today, but I can say today, Jesus is my provider, and I trust him to meet every need. And what a witness we can be when we live that way. The world will say, how can you be at peace in the midst of that chaos. And we say, well, I can be at peace because Jesus is my provider, because Jesus is my shepherd, because Jesus is leading me and taking care of me. He's my Father who will carry me. And so, number one, I trust Jesus to lead me. Number two, I give him priority in every area of my life so I can allow him to meet my needs. And number three, I pray and I give Jesus all my anxieties today And number four is I trust him for today. Every day I decide I will trust him for today. Uh, I'm going to trust him that today he's going to take care of me. I'm not going to worry about all the days that came before because he died on a cross and he dealt with all the days that came before today. And I'm not going to worry about all the days to come because all the days to come and worrying about those today isn't going to change anything. One man said, be patient enough to live one day at a time just as Jesus taught us, letting yesterday go and leaving tomorrow till it arrives. Listen to what Jesus teaches us one more time in Matthew 6:34. Don't worry about tomorrow. For tomorrow, he says, will bring its own worries. Today's trouble is enough for today. We weren't made to carry the weight of all the days to come. Not even tomorrow's trouble. We weren't made to carry the weight of tomorrow's trouble. We were made to trust in Jesus for today. Here's two days that we should never be worrying about. Yesterday and tomorrow. We shouldn't worry about at all. You know, when we worry about tomorrow, it's almost like we're taking a credit card and and we're buying on credit worry for the from the future so that we can bring it and live with it today. It's like we're 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 going ahead and heaping things to worry about on today, making today tougher. And, and if we worry about yesterday, it's kind of like we go back with a shovel. We dig up all the stuff that Jesus has already dealt with in our life if we've trusted in him. And we pile it into a wheelbarrow and we bring it into today and we start pushing it around today. So we've got all this credit for tomorrow's worry and all this uh, garbage from yesterday's worry. And we're, we're carrying it and we're pushing it and, and it, it just makes us miss the blessings God wants to give us today. And even today, 
He says, don't worry. Don't worry today. Instead, trust me. Don't worry about today. You can be concerned about things and you can plan for things, but don't worry. Don't bring yesterday and today into today and miss the blessings that I'm going to give you. And I will be your provider today. We're given one day at a time. Why does Jesus tell us to live day by day, to pray day by day? Well, it's because that's all we have is a day-by-day life. I can live for him today. I, I I can't do anything about the past. I can't do anything about the future. And I can't live in either one of those. I can only live in today. I can only be here right now in this moment today. And so it makes no sense. It's unreasonable to try to live in yesterday or tomorrow with all its worries. If there's something that's coming up that's giving you stress and anxiety a week from now, two weeks from now, a month from now, or a year from now, and you're worrying about what's going to happen, what does it do? It just makes today worse. So don't worry about it. Don't miss today's blessing. One man said you can't solve tomorrow's problems with today's power. God has given you enough grace, enough power, enough of his power to live for today. You might be taking on problems that God hasn't given you the ability or the answer to deal with yet. And and so we say, God, I'm going to trust you today. Give me today my daily bread. Do you notice that Jesus didn't say, give me today my annual bread. (laughs) Give me today my retirement bread. Give me today, you know, all, all, the, all that I need for the next month, the next week. No. He said, pray, God, give me today what I need today. Live in today. Trust him today. Now, don't misunderstand me. We can only live one day at a time, but that doesn't mean we don't plan. You know, the book of Proverbs will talk a lot about planning, and it will tell us about how it's foolish not to plan, it's wise to plan, it will talk a lot about the wisdom of making plans and preparing for the future, but there's a difference between planning and worrying. In fact, one of the things that we're taught in Scripture is that the most important plan we can make is our eternal plan. You know, do we know where we're going to go when we die? Do we know that we are going to be forgiven, that we're going to be covered with the grace of Jesus, that we're going to be going to heaven, that we'll be on the right side of God when we die? The only way to know that, Scripture teaches, is if we make a first-time decision to believe in Jesus, and if we give Jesus priority in every area of our life, and if we trust in Jesus as we live. And the question, I guess, would be, have you planned, have you been wise to plan for the future by saying, Jesus, I trust you with my eternity? And here's the thing, if I make that plan by trusting in Jesus with my eternity, I will also be able to trust him with today. Because I will know that if he cares so much for me that he will die on a cross, give his life for me, that, that he loves me and cares for me that much 
that he cares about my eternal life, why wouldn't he care about today where I'm living? You see, making a plan for the future and planning for my inevitable death actually helps me live today with incredible trust and peace. Planning's good. Worry, worry's bad. You can plan for tomorrow, but don't live in tomorrow. You, you can plan for tomorrow, but don't carry tomorrow's worries. Let God carry your worries. Give all your cares and all your concerns to Him, for He cares about you. And so today, today you can live in today and know Him as your provider today. And I want to encourage you to make sure today you start doing these four things. One, ask Jesus to lead. Two, give Jesus priority. Three, give Jesus your anxiety. Number four, trust Jesus for today. Let's pray together. Father in heaven, we're so thankful that you give us the chance to know you today. That that, that you give us the chance to know your grace in our life today, that you give us a chance to know your love today, to know your salvation today. God, there might be some who are here joining us that haven't made a first-time decision to believe in you. And God, right now, if if, if you're calling someone to come to know you and believe in you and make a first-time decision in you, I pray that you will just put it on their heart and that they will pray with me right now and just say, Father, forgive me. Give me your grace. We believe in Jesus. We want to receive what Jesus has to give. We want you to be our provider for eternity, for forgiveness and salvation, and for our needs today. And God, there are some who are here that just need to give you anxiety, fear, worry. God, we just take our worries and anxieties and we just lay them before you and we say, Jesus, you can take them. Jesus, you have priority over the whole house. And Jesus, we live for you today. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Everybody said together, Amen. (laughs) I want to say thanks for joining me today as we have uh, finished up this series. We're going to begin a brand new teaching series next week. I want to invite you to come and join us as we talk about rest and how many of us could use some rest. Uh, let's uh, and, and let's finish up today's teaching by declaring it's been a great day together. I love doing this because it's a way that we say, you know what, Jesus, it's been good being in your word today, and being in your word makes it a great day. All right, you ready? One, two, three, it's been a great day. I hope you have a great day and a great week, and I'll see you next Sunday.